you know what that sound means. It's time for The Edge with Terry Waldrop. Terry talks about all the hottest topics in sports every single weekday from 9 to 10 a.m. He's controversial, he's charismatic, and he's the captain of this ship for the next hour. Here's your host, Terry Waldron. All right, all right, all right. Welcome in Sports Talk 977 The Edge. Terry Waldron, Jamie Foxx is going to be in in a few minutes. He's had some uh, technical difficulties, as we say. But me and uh, the probably weary John Tabor, the bleary-eyed baseball-watching John Tabor, we'll try to get you through the first segment or two. Welcome in, folks. You are welcome to chime in with some smarmy text comments at 888-993-7762, 888-993-7762, which is the Washington Valley Federal Credit Union. We're brought to you by the good Dr. David Weber, North Monroe Animal Hospital. If you care about your pet, take them there. The best in the business. You can take it from me. Uh, not only am I a friend, I am a client. Uh, the Walter family dog, Baloo, is, uh, is in there getting an overhaul as we speak. So go see Dr. Weber on U.S. 165 North in Monroe, 318-345-4545, North Monroe Animal Hospital. Tabor, top of the morning to you. Morning. Well, you're, and, and I'm sure Aaron and Jake got this with you. Your initial thoughts, we have a uh, we have a World Series, don't we? Yes. A little full-court baseball. I like that, man. I have to catch uh, – I got some friends of mine actually going to the game in Houston, so hopefully we'll get a little live report there. <clears throat> I do want to get into this. And we're going we're gonna to replay or we're going to recap <clears throat> some of the McIlwain statements uh, yesterday. He's since dialed them back. Uh, and, again, this is a, a bizarre thing with Florida, and I do want to do that. I first want to get into a new guy, and I'm trying to get him on next week. And this is somebody I really don't know. I've got some connections into him. But every time I hear him speak and some of the wisdom that comes out of his mouth, I'm a bigger fan. And that is uh, Lafayette baseball coach Tony Robichaud. You know, he's the guy that was famously – and his stuff goes viral – on Twitter, matter of fact, I retweeted one of his deals yesterday, but he's a lot of it. He's the guy that said, look, we don't recruit the guy whose mommy brings him a Powerade in the third inning. We want the dudes that drink out of the water hose. Uh, he also had a thing, you know, a little rant about you got to work while you wait. In other words, there's no instant gratification if you're wanting to be a real player. Well, a lot of people don't like that. They want instant gratification. Yesterday, some things came out, and it went viral again. And I thought this was one of the better things I've heard. This is talking about building culture, which actually I'm dealing with as we speak right now uh, personally uh, where I'm at. But Tony Robichaud said, look, here is the challenge about building culture and toughness. And, again, what is toughness? Toughness, let's define toughness to begin with. And, again, you guys are welcome to chime in on this. I think it's a pretty intriguing topic. You know, everybody talks about um, another, how do you build culture? If you look at the New England Patriots, if you look at, uh, I don't know, Alabama football with Saban, or even Bear Bryant, LSU football for a period had a tremendously successful culture. Uh, the Golden State Warriors culture, the old culture of the Chicago Bulls, the Yankees over you know, literally a century. 
basketball, Duke basketball, North Carolina basketball, you look at the people that have been incredibly successful and you look at some of the character traits that they have on those teams. You look at Microsoft, you look at Apple, you look at the, the, the teams and the companies and the people that over a long period of time have, re, have regained and retained greatness. Uh, Stephen Covey wrote a book, The Seven Secrets of Highly Successful People. Highly recommend that in your library if you haven't read that yet. In that book, he goes in and he talks about things that all these successful people will do. And there was a common denominator in that of work ethic. Always has been. So Tony Robichaud is talking about that, uh, and he's talking about toughness in a culture. Toughness, the ability, and I'm going to give you a Waldrop definition. Toughness, the ability to withstand defeat and the ability to withstand success with equal ability or equal opportunities. And so interesting how this works in the terms of how that folds into your team. Tony Robichaud discusses this, and he says, hey, look, how far can you take your team to get them tough before you get reprimanded by soft people? That's where we are in athletics. How far can you take your, t- your team in athletics before you get reprimanded by soft people? Now, who soft people is he talking about? Well, you're talking about administrators. Uh, You're talking about parents. You're talking about kids. So you're talking about a a bunch of different people there. And, again, people today, folks, and I sound like the crotchety old dude, but, hey, whether I'm old or whether I'm not doesn't matter in the fact that this is the truth. People do not like to get pushed out of their comfort zone today. And so here's the other Tony Robichaud quote. I have a strong feeling that statement really hits home with a lot of coaches who are trying to build toughness in their team. And in that pursuit, they butt heads with their administration. But you got to feel, you have to remain committed to finding a way to build culture. You have to figure out a way to create that type of culture because kids today believe that correction is criticism. That's the root of it. They believe when you correct me, you criticize me. And then they fold like a tulip when you criticize them. That's the challenge out here today. I think that's why there's so many, there's so much parity in athletics. Because if you can get your culture tough and you get your kids tough, you give them an advantage. You have an advantage. I don't care if, if you lack a little pitching or fielding or whatever. If you got to throw down, you got a shot. Tony Romashaw, Robichaud, well done, sir. Well done. At what point did we come to where if I coach you, and again, the very definition of the word coach is to instruct, it's to motivate, it is to point out ways that you can be better. The very nature of that word is somehow misconstrued today by if you coach me, it is criticism. If I say, John Tabor, I don't like your shoes, that is a criticism. If I tell you, John Tabor, You need to tie your shoes this way so you don't fall down and bust your face. Yeah, a little bit different issue. Okay, I'm I'm instructing you for a reason. And the toughness, people have toughness until it's not convenient for them. 
You know, we see this in, in, in around here, high school football is, is really good because you have certain programs that uh, have stood the test of time. They have pushed a culture of success, and the administration has bought into it. The parents have to buy into it, and if the kids want to play, they have to buy into it. Not a lot of people are willing to do that anymore. Not a, will- a lot of people are willing to get outside what their comfort zone is. And we're going to go ahead and take our first break. Jamie will be back in the building here. As a matter of fact, I've got to let him in the building, so let you get a little, little scoop behind the scenes. I come back. I'm going to get his take on culture, your take. I've got about five or six text messages here blowing up already. You are listening to Sports Talk 97.7. Terry Walter, The Edge. When we return, culture, and oh, yeah, Jim McElwain kind of dialing back some of his comments. You listen to Sports Talk 97.7. Segment brought to you by Power Gourmet Pizza by Design Tower Drive in Monroe. Go see Jay and Company. Tell them you heard about it on The Edge in Sports Talk 97.7. Back in a minute. With Terry Waldrop is back and better than ever. Hit Terry up at 888-993-7762 to join in on all the fun. And welcome back in Sports Talk 977. Terry Waldrop, uh, the out-of-breath Jamie Foxx. Well, that's uh, – I, I was out of breath running to tell, tell you to please, what the heck are you doing talking about Tony Robichaux throwing uh, throwing kudos his direction? Because uh, he deserves it. Oh, he's the – it doesn't make any difference. He's the coach at ULL. doesn't oh. make any difference. Oh, what? Uh, yeah, don't bring my at- kid Don't bring my kid a Powerade. I want the guy that drinks out of the hose. Dang right. I wish we had more people like that. Look, I don't care what people coach at. It doesn't matter to me one iota. I like has a good track people. record. He does have a good track record down there. Dude wins. He's got he one has. of the lead baseball programs in the country. He Bottom does. line. He does. And uh, it is uh, – it is obviously, I uh, got to hear a little bit coming in, you're, you can kind of see why. These kids play hard. Uh, just like that game last night, uh, you got to have grit. You can't give up. It's a series of up and downs, baseball in particular. And he, uh, like you said, he's not only got one of the best programs in the state, he's got one of the best programs in the country. They have been to the College World Series. Uh, they, um, yeah, he's got a great track record down there. And you, of course, uh, alluding to the fact that one of the reasons maybe that this is the case is the culture he's built down there. He's been there a while. He's established. He's got. He, he recruits. Obviously, what you're well, telling me a certain type of player that fits his system. Jimmy, let's look at the cage and the success speaks for itself. The cage's overall athletic program going back 20, 30, 40 years. Cages have been successful largely. Their basketball program, the white boat people, Lamar. Uh, you know, from everybody they've had down there, from Marty Fletcher on through Bob Marlin, doing a great job now. Uh, Jesse uh, Jesse was so so. But the Cajuns basketball has always been, like, really, really good. And, uh, you know, I would say the Cajuns and Louisiana Tech basketball are very similar. Both of them have high degrees of success. Yeah, you got to like what uh, Eric Conkle's building over at Tech, and you certainly like what, uh, as you indicated, Tony Robichaux's done in baseball. Uh, Marty Fletcher, and then um, I'm trying to think, the, the years I go back, I'm aging myself here, I go back to the days of Dwight Bo Peep Lamar yep. and uh, Andrew Tony, who was from Birmingham. 
by the way, came to uh, ULL. The Boston Strangler was his nickname. Uh, for what the Celtics, what he did for the 76ers, the Boston Strangler, Andrew Tony. Andrew Tony is, uh, to me, uh, one of the greatest players that ever to play in this state. Um, and was from, from Birmingham, as I mentioned. And uh, I can't remember the coach at the time. It wasn't Fletcher, though, was it? it no, was, it, was, uh, it was before uh, Marty Fletcher. I can't believe I can't ever remember that. I remember, of course, Scotty Robinson at Tech and so forth. I can go back there, but our feeble minds can't. But anyway, we're basically talking about success. Of, and, you know, you hate to hate to, uh, to not give them credit for what they've accomplished down there. And, it's, you know, it's not a good uh, – you can say maybe they're a little bit pompous and maybe uh, arrogant, uh, but I, I, dude, that, I have no problem with that. But I they've been able know. to back it up, and uh, for the most part, at least in baseball and in the past in basketball and to some extent football. I remember Ricky Bussell, uh, who coached up here at Virginia Tech, was the head coach down there in football. They had some success with, with uh, Ricky, and now uh, Mark Hudspeth, of course. And uh, a lot of it is a mindset. Uh, you coached at Southeastern, you say, believe it or not, they have a little bit of a, a pride which we could all uh, we could all learn from. Coach Sixfield chimes in, uh, uh, Shipley, Coach Shipley. Thank you, Jack. I can't Thank believe you. it. Yes, yes, yes. And, you know, you talk about another guy that's created culture from, from northeast Louisiana, Louisiana Tech, uh, incredible coach at, at every level is, uh, is, is Jack Thigpen. Yeah, yeah. Jack has been, you know, around a long time, influenced a lot of lives, uh, Got to talk to him a bit. You know, the thing that that uh, stands out to me is, you know, Jack recruited Don Redden and um, a lot of great players in this area. And, uh, you know, he personally means a lot to me. Um, and I know he means a lot to this community because uh, he was one of those that, that set the bar early. Um, he and Mike, you know, he coached at ULM, at NLU at the time. He also coached at Louisiana Tech. So he's had a he's kind of had a footprint all over this part of the state and uh i enjoy listening to his broadcast with dave nitz on the basketball side you got somebody that's knowledgeable exactly. that, that, that has uh that has an unbelievable track record and that's that's an invaluable resource these days shane chimes in and guys you're welcome to chime in as well Triple eight nine nine three seven seven six two, which is the washington valley federal credit union we're talking about culture and, and the toughness factor shane goes hey that's exactly the way i feel coaching uh, he coaches a youth league or a junior high uh, level baseball team. You can't teach toughness without some parent or kid taking it personally. That is what's wrong with the world today, a society of wimps. There's a lot of truth to that. Yeah, I want to be tough until it's uncomfortable for me, and then I don't want to be tough. You know, and nowadays you run the risk of, uh, you know, now with social media and the advent of all that, now you've got the chance of uh, – you say one word wrong, construe, it can be misconstrued in so many ways. Um, I had a friend um, text me from Birmingham. <laughs> Jim McElwain misunderstood. He said that Georgia is going to kill him. <laughs> uh, did you see what he dialed it back? Yes, uh, I'm not sure he did. Just, yes. no, Jim McElwain said, look, I was wrong to bring up death threats that happened in the past. So this is Jim McElwain. Oh, in the past. Now. In the past. Okay. And look, do I doubt that the man's received death threats? None whatsoever. Yes. I have no doubt in my mind that he had received death threats. Right. Uh, and, look, McElwain said, look, he provided some insight. Uh, it's just something that came up and obviously was on my mind. It doesn't make it right. It doesn't make it right to air that laundry. And so McElwain dialing those views back. And, again, 
people jumping on this because uh, the reporter goes, are you talking about death threats? And Michael Wayne said, yeah, sure, because he's probably gotten them in the past. Am I, am I covering for Michael Wayne here? Not really. I'm saying how easily that can go in that direction. And then Florida, to their credit, their due diligence, hey, wait a minute. If somebody's making death threats against our student-athletes, our students, yeah. and our coaching staff and their family, yeah, we, we, we need to know that. And then you get law enforcement involved. And I think this, I think this blew up on Jim McElwain. Uh, and I don't think there was any Ill, Ill intent here. But nonetheless, it does give Florida an opening if they decide to, you know, we want to make a move. We didn't like him to begin with. I know he's won two out of three uh, SEC East championships, but, hey, we want somebody else. So this opens the door for Florida uh, if they want to be the bad guy. You know, Terry, isn't that sad that that's, that, you know, immediately I'm scared that you and I are thinking along the same lines, but that was my initial takeaway is he's just set himself up to be fired. And, you know, uh, and whereas Kevin Sumlin maybe set himself up to get an ex- you know, to, to at least get through this year till he can find something else he wants. Would you have board of trustee failed. members tweeting out to fire your coach on Facebook? Exactly. Uh, you know, and then Kevin Sumlin, to his credit, has turned it around. Is that a long-term gig at, at Texas A&M? I don't think so. I think you're going to see Kevin Sumlin move because Kevin Sumlin, this is the second time, Jamie. When he had Johnny Manziel, he was, he was the toast of the town. Everybody wanted him. He's going to have a head NFL job. They're winning. Now, did they really win? They beat Alabama when A.J. McCarron threw a pick in the end zone at the end of the game, and Alabama right. should have won the game. Uh, they throttled Oklahoma, I think it was in the Cotton Bowl. And so that was the high-water mark of Texas Aggie football, is beating Alabama and throttling Oklahoma. And then you got, you know, five months to, to glory in, in those victories. Uh, you were a top 15 team, maybe. I think it's what they ended up, maybe top 10. Well, but, you were not in any threat to win a national championship or, or to get there. I disagree, and I'm going to tell you why. Please. We can all – and, of course, I know this is a, this is a hypo, hypothetical. Had Johnny Manziel, which he should have stayed, he was a redshirt sophomore when he left for the NFL. I don't think he could stay, Jamie. Well, yeah. I mean, I know he was wearing out his, out his welcome quick. Uh, had he stayed another couple of years, I think A&M would have been in the conversation for a national championship, but I don't think necessarily they'd have won it. But as you indicated, um, by the way, you know who made that pick in the end zone for okay. Alabama? DeShazer Everett from DeRitter, Louisiana, now playing, I believe, for Washington, the Redskins. And uh, that was one of the great football games uh, that year. And now you've got, you know, Kevin Sumlin, who I think he's put together a pretty solid program. But – he is not. I, I think if you're, you got what a big four hundred fifty million dollar stadium expansion. You have got, you know, the boosters are constantly opening up their pockets. There's a, you know, let's let's be honest. There's an open basically war with Texas, if not in the media, but in the, as far as who can outspend the other. Uh, and A and M's got deep pockets. They do. And schools that have it's no different than Tennessee. Schools that have these kind of pockets expect perfection and excellence. And Unfortunately, you know, as Coach McElwain, that he did sign up for that. That's true, but I don't. You know, I, it's hard to hard to throw shade at a program that's won the SEC East the last two years. Granted, you know, now you want style points. Missouri you know? won it the, the previous two years. Yeah, there you go. And most people don't even realize they're in the conference. Like, who? Missouri? Really? Yeah. 
so uh, there you are, and, and now you're expecting, uh, you know, miracles at Texas a and I still think he's got, you know, who knows. But I think he's out. I'm going to tell you why. Okay, let's hear it. Uh, I think Kevin Sumlin realizes the last time he probably should have went when the, uh, you know, you, you cook bacon when the skillet's hot. True. To go back to what my mama used to tell me back when I was a kid. And Kevin Sumlin, let's just say he ends up on the year. They've lost, what, two games? Uh They've been – they're very winnable games down the stretch. I think they're going to be an early probably favorite over LSU. It's in Baton Rouge. Sure. As well as Texas A&M is playing, they're going to be, a, you know, a one-two point favorite at this point uh, over LSU. But let's say he ends up winning nine, ten games. Goes to a pretty good bowl game. Jamie, I think he's out. You're going to have openings all over the country. I think someone goes, you know what, I'm going to go somewhere else because here's the deal. I get a fresh start. I'm out of the SEC West. The SEC West is like the baton death march. You got Alabama, and there's no stopping that juggernaut currently. So everybody's playing for second. Uh, you know, LSU fan, Auburn fan, I hate to tell you that, there is no immediate end in sight to this Alabama deal. Uh, how'd you like to be Georgia right now? You're arguably probably the second best team, third best team in the country. I'd probably say third behind Ohio State. And you're probably not going to make the college football playoff. Well, and then you've got if you're if you're Kevin Sumlin, you know, and, and Paul Feinbaum brought out an interesting. I, I never had thought about this, but if you're let's just say you're Dan Mullen at Mississippi State, consistent winner, not doesn't wow you, but I mean, Mississippi gives Mississippi State, uh, you know, really solid program. Absolutely. Does he get the job at Tennessee? Is that a move up for Dan Mullen? Can Interesting you, can point. Can you win easier at Tennessee than you can Mississippi State? But you're not in the SEC West anymore. That's the that's the bigger issue. You can. And is that yes? It's it's tough to win at Tennessee, but not when you're playing having to play Alabama every year. Kentucky's getting players to win. Kentucky is, you know, yeah. Somehow, that, I'm going to be interested to watch how that plays out this weekend. But yeah, I mean, they're not gotta, coming from Kentucky. No, they're coming from Ohio. Uh, you look at uh, Kentucky's roster, and it's got like 25 players, which was very smart. I well, think the Mark Stoops Stoops smart. brothers are from Youngstown, Ohio. Exactly. So they're, they're, uh, they found a pipeline there. Their talent level is getting a little bit better every year. And uh, they're not having to rely on the state of Kentucky uh, to, to win. And, um, you know, Tennessee offers a very interesting scenario for a lot of people. Um, you know, like you said, not the greatest, not the worst, but not the greatest recruiting area in the world. You have to go outside the state to get most of your players. And uh, that's a know, program that's a top five program that doesn't have a recruiting base in their state. How has Dan Mullen really won at Mississippi State? Jamie, what's he really won? And I'm a big Dan Mullen fan. What has he really, really done? I mean, he's finished third, second, what, third in the SEC West, fourth, fifth? I mean, the guys had a solid problem. It's not like he is just setting it on fire. Hugh Freeze had a much better run. No, but you in a got, short period of time. And how do you win at Mississippi State Junior College? Yeah. Without the junior college pipeline, you know, I don't think Mississippi State, you know, really has much of a program. Uh, but and and you have a great junior college football and basketball, for that matter, program set up in that state of Mississippi. The junior college programs are very, very strong in Mississippi, in Kansas and in Texas, and in California. That's where the majority, and Florida, that's where the majority of your junior college uh, elite programs 
and he, are going to be and in. And he has a relatively stable coaching staff. Um, to answer our question, Dan Mullen, which is probably would have gotten him fired somewhere else by now. Uh, this is, I think, is going into his ninth year at Mississippi State. Going into this year, he was 61-42. and 42. What more can you do at Mississippi State? What's what's the reality at Mississippi State? We're going to hold that thought. We've got several texts to You're read. You're going to get uh, Mississippi State folks upset around right No, I'm here. telling the truth. Anthony has a good question. I'm going to address that when we get back. You're listening to The Edge. Calling all Mississippi Sports State fans. 90, yeah, both of you. 97.7, we are a member of the Fox Sports Radio Network, a proud member of said sports network from Fox. And this segment brought to you by Mr. Bobby Manning, attorney at law, tremendous sports, Louisiana attorney, specializes in criminal defense, wrongful death, personal injury, whatever you need, folks. Bobby is there for you. Give him a call today, 318-324-1411. Your text at 888-993-7762 answers questions and all things in between. When we return, back in a minute. Do? How does it feel? You're officially living on the edge. Hit Terry Waldrop up at 888-993-7762 and let him know. It's The Edge with Terry Waldrop. Hey, welcome back to Sports Talk 97.7. Having a very large time here. We need, we need to, uh, I think in order to, uh, we need to have beer sales. Beer sales? Yeah, here. Like, like during the show in the... Yeah. Yeah, I think it would increase. That's what we need. We need to drink during the show. Like, it wouldn't be anymore. Like, Gary McKinney's not nervous enough already. We're on the air. I don't know. It may improve our performance. I don't know. Uh, uh, beer is we not, could use a lot. Beer has never improved my performance in any capacity well, in anything. No, not really. Uh, it would be uh, would be frowned upon, and, uh, and understandably so. But here we are, Terry. I mean, those of you, uh, the, the Mississippi State Alumni Group, I can give you Terry's number. As, uh, as soon as we get off the air here. Triple eight nine nine three seven seven six two. You can reach me 24-7-365 on that number. Indeed. Text in uh, your death threats. Me and McElwain will come to your house. Uh, he's not and a shark. Yeah, and obviously Tennessee. Uh, I, I don't know. And LSU and everybody else. Well, I tell – I give you an opinion. I don't sugarcoat it. Even though it's wrong. No, it's absolutely right. No, it's not. I, every time, once I thought I was mistaken, I was wrong. However, basketball, I, I yield. I yield to your opinion. No, on basketball. I'm better in football. Okay, Anthony, I, I want to address this. Anthony says, "Hey, one loss, Georgia has to get in the playoffs. Who gets in over them? Ohio State. One loss, Ohio State gets in over Georgia. Uh, likely. Insane. See, I don't know how. How does the Big Ten playoff? Well, let's, let's who be are honest. they going to catch in the Big Ten playoff? Who's who's going to be? in that Big Ten playoff game. Because if it's a two-loss team, different. What I'm telling you is they're not going to put two SEC teams. That's the point, yeah. Because out, Georgia's last loss. I'll tell you the only way the SEC gets two teams in, Jamie. Wisconsin. An exceptionally close SEC championship game that Alabama loses. If it's 24-23, 21-20, a very, very close game that Georgia wins, I think the only chance the SEC has for two teams in there, is a one-loss Alabama team. Yeah, uh, and I think there's a, a, a great sentiment out there that won't be disappointed. I, I think it'll they won't get their wishes, but I, I, I think there's a movement uh, to try to maybe not even have an SEC team in the playoffs this year. Well, I mean, Cowher's talked about it and other people. If Alabama loses, they're out, and you look at strength of schedule, let's face it, the SEC, with the exception of Georgia, 
is not really that good. I mean, overall, if you look what they've done interconference games, right. you know, Texas A&M's collapsed to, uh, to UCLA. Georgia has the best marquee win of the year is when they went to uh, Notre Dame and won, and Notre Dame has is, is turned into, a, at this point, a pretty good football and team. And don't, don't you know you got to consider uh, a one-loss Notre Dame team? Absolutely. And, 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 do I think they're fraud? Yeah. I, well, you've got to look at – I think they're looking you, – you look at three Big Ten teams, right? You look at, right now, Wisconsin, Penn State, and Ohio State. Okay? Those are obviously and possibly even uh, – I don't know. Let's just stick with that. Uh, I don't think you can really put Michigan and uh, and uh, obviously – uh, Michigan State in the picture. No, no. Michigan and Michigan, Michigan State are but, top 20 teams. But I, think, top 20. I think those three have the dominoes fall with those. Uh, and then we'll determine, obviously, who wins the SEC championship. Um, you're, you're looking at a most likely the winner of the Penn State-Ohio State game this weekend. That's elimination it's, it's, game. Yeah, that's elimination game. And that's going to represent the East and the Big Ten in the playoff. And really the only side, you talk about a loaded bracket for you, if you're Wisconsin right now, you're looking genius. Okay, and then you because it's going to be yeah. it's going to be Ohio State, Wisconsin. Winner's going to go to the college football playoff, and the loser potentially, depending on what else goes on. But Wisconsin, here's the West. If you're Wisconsin, you got to love this. Nebraska, eh. Northwestern, no. Purdue, no. Iowa, <laughs> Minnesota, no. Illinois, no. And uh, four of those teams have a combined three wins. I don't know what anybody in Iowa did to you, but um, well, l- well, let me give you Iowa's right now. They're uh, yeah, they're one and three in conference. So okay, yeah, um, we're not talking about the AFC East. All right, so let's look at the ACC. You can eliminate, you know, most everybody with the possibility of Clemson and Miami. Okay, coming out of the Atlantic, I, I don't think Miami will go undefeated though. Clemson is going to win. Clemson and Florida and North Carolina State right now are both. Uh, Clemson at four and one, North Carolina State at four and zero in conference. One of those two teams is going to come out. Clemson, I think, probably will come out That's of that. That's right. That's the three. The, the, the triumphant you have to remember out of the ACC is, is again North Carolina State, Clemson, and Miami. Let me tell you, how Jimbo's year is going. He's uh, tied with Boston College. Yeah, well, he's uh, he may even lose to Boston College this weekend. So uh, here's the here's the other side of it. Uh, on the coastal side of it. Now, do they have, the ACC has a championship game? Yes. Yes. No. So Miami is at four and one, or excuse me, four and zero. Oh. Georgia Tech at three and one. Virginia Tech at two and one. Uh, everybody else garbage, including North Carolina. Oh, by the way, uh, uh, the young man from Shreveport, really, really nice kid, Brandon Harris, uh, playing quarterback for North Carolina. Uh, not doing well. North Carolina uh, is over for the season, Jamie. Jamie, they haven't won a game. They're over. Well, I do think Miami gets. Oh, wait, wait, wait! They've won one. I stand corrected. They're one and seven. Uh, it's a tough year for Larry Fedora, and they're talking, of course, about firing him. Uh, but fire everybody. Yeah. Well, and if you look at his schedule, I think that's a little little tough for NC. But uh, you know what? I can feel sorry for North Carolina. What they did to the NCA. I mean, it's hard to. Uh, kudos to them. Um, they they've already won. Because they uh, what they did the NCA makes everybody happy. So everybody, while the football team may not be doing well this year, North Carolina has been vindicated. I promise. Uh, Miami uh, has left. Here, here's where the rubber meets the road. Uh, of course, at North Carolina this weekend, Virginia Tech at home, 
Notre Dame at home, Virginia, who's better at home, and then at Pittsburgh. So, you know, Miami's in the picture. Uh, they had a game with Arkansas State canceled due to the hurricane. I doubt that'll be made up, if uh, particularly if Miami, you know, doesn't lose. So they they won't need that game to be in the national picture. Um, and then again, you've got to, I think, you know, right now you've got North Carolina State, Miami, and Clemson clouding out a possible two-team SEC playoff. You've got, uh, as, as you indicated, Terry, you've got Wisconsin, Ohio State, and Penn State out of the Big Ten. Big 12, obviously, you've got to consider Oklahoma State uh, and Oklahoma in the picture. Uh, and then, you know, that's that's right now to me is what's standing in the way of two teams from the SEC getting in. Uh, obviously, if Alabama goes, runs the table, they're in, including that I think they would have to – I guess they would have to win the championship game to get in as Yeah, well. they're, they're going to play – I mean, that, look, that's a foregone conclusion. And I think if you want geographical balance, you know, you got to look out west. And who are your best – Jamie, give me the four best teams. In the, well, listen, well, we're going to save that one. I'm going to throw that out to our listeners. 888 888-993-7762. 888-993-7762. Uh, literally, get rid of the conferences. Who are the best four teams in America as we speak right now? One loss, no loss, six losses. If you want to make the, the case for Iowa, uh, I'm all for I, I'm all for listening to it. Uh, and Sean points out, and, and he's actually right, uh, every Power 5 conference has a title game this year. Big 12 takes the two top teams since they don't have a division. Uh, at this point, it's probably you're looking at TCU, Oklahoma. Although Oklahoma State could be. Uh, uh, yeah, I forgot about TCU in the in the picture here. There is a, is that a one loss team? No, undefeated, undefeated team. Undefeated team. Uh, if somebody else throws out here, I, I don't think they're interesting on this. Well, a one loss, a loss to Alabama in the SEC championship isn't as bad as a loss to Oklahoma at home. Am I right? Yeah. I would say that. But here's what I would tell you on that. Here's the counter argument. Ohio State's in if they win now. They're going to win out. They're going to win out. And, and look, the, whoever, I, don't, I don't like it either, but, but they're in. Whoever wins this game this weekend has the inside track. It's Penn State, Ohio State. Whoever wins that one is going to have to win one more legitimate game, which is going to be against Wisconsin. The winner of that, Ohio State wins two games they're in. Bottom line. Uh, is it as bad a, a loss to Alabama in the SEC championship if you're Georgia? Is that as bad as a home beatdown? Uh, no, probably not. But I think it's the timing on it. I, I think, uh, you know, at the end of the year, teams are different. You have injuries. You have things of that nature. I think it's going to be hard for voters to put a one-loss Georgia team in after they just got beat by Alabama. Because here's the problem, Jamie. If this is the case, and it holds true, Alabama is going to be the number one team in the country. Are you going to put Georgia at number four? And uh, The SEC haters would. Put Georgia at number four and make them play a rematch two weeks later. Yeah. And, yeah, man, you want to see Saban's head explode? That'd be almost fun to watch. Yeah. Well, oh, that would be – matter of fact, I'm, I'm going to support that there. We're going to go ahead and take a break. You're listening to Sports Talk 97.7. Jamie and I just come up with something, folks. That's genius. Make Alabama and Georgia play twice in two weeks. I love it. That would be one way of getting one of them out of there. Saban may go on a jihad. Oh, he would. He, that would be awesome. His, his head would explode. Uh, Coach, what do you think about playing the butt? Uh, uh, Saban would be up on charges. He'd be in prison. At any rate, you're listening to Sports Talk 97.7 The Edge. A bunch of you texting in about uh, your top four teams. 888 993 
Who are the best teams in the country right now as we speak? Your texts are welcome. The smarmier, the better. Jerry Walter, Jamie Fox, The Edge, this segment sponsored by our friends at GB Cooley, reminding you to support a worthwhile cause, the Louisiana Special Olympics. Back in a minute. We're living on the edge. Living on the edge makes weekdays more fun, especially when you're doing it with Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, Oklahoma State. I like that. Chad says Alabama, Penn State, Ohio State, Georgia. Uh, Richie has Bama, Penn State, Georgia, Ohio State. A bunch of other people. As Richie accurately points out, goes to show you the SEC isn't the de facto best conference anymore. All right, Jamie, who are yours? Okay, well, I actually got a top ten that uh, that I think as of today. This is as of October. What are we? The twenty sixth. Uh, yeah, Thursday, October twenty sixth. Um, and this is really after after the first four. They're pretty interchangeable. Uh, I'll go with Alabama at one, Penn State two, Georgia at three. Ohio State at four. I think that's pretty much the way everybody feels. TCU at five. Notre Dame six. And boy, that kills me to admit it. Seven, Wisconsin. Eight, Clemson. Nine, Miami. And ten, Oklahoma State. Uh, and as I said, the first four, I'm, I'm pretty set on the, the others. The I'm, other I'm, six, I'm, I'm going to be a little different for you. Okay. You know, I think everybody's consensus, number one, is Alabama. Now, I don't think anybody, that, you know, outside just diehard Ed Orgeron's mob would say Bama is not number one. Right. Uh, Bama, Georgia's second. Ohio State third. I got Clemson fourth. I still think Clemson's a heck of a football team. Who would not want to see a Bama-Clemson semifinal matchup? That that would be pretty entertaining. John, I'm uh, tired of it. Uh, TCU fifth. I think Bam will be there, but I don't think Clemson's going to be there. Uh, I'm, still, I'm, I'm still buying Clemson. TCU fifth, Penn State sixth, Notre Dame seventh, uh, Miami eighth, and I'm not sure, oh, maybe Oklahoma State, Oklahoma ninth, tenth, I don't know, something like that. But, you know, I think locks right now are Bama, and I think Ohio State is the next closest thing to a lock that there is. They got a home game against Penn State. Well, obviously Georgia's in if they win out, but I don't think – in the SEC championship team, they're going to beat Alabama. I don't think they're going to beat Alabama. They may. Uh, and if so, they they go in. I mean, until Alabama loses. Well, Steve throws this know, out there. Say, say Alabama loses to LSU. Steve, we got to get you off the drugs. There's a rehab clinic I'll check you into. Well, I want what you're drinking. <laughs> I want to. Okay, so Steve. Give me your – off the air, give me, your, give me what you're having because so, that's what I want. So say Alabama loses to LSU, then wins out and Georgia loses a close game to Bama in the SEC championship game. Wouldn't both probably make it? There's only about ten teams that can make it. Uh, would they take Notre Dame over Georgia? I think the four best teams are Bama, Penn State, Clemson, and either TCU or Oklahoma. Georgia has a great shot at making it. Yeah, Georgia's got to beat Alabama. And look, this this weekend's game with Florida? No gimme. That ain't no gimme. That's a, a huge rivalry game. Florida's always had Georgia's number, at least recently. If Alabama loses, I think there's two ways. Let's say they lose to LSU. With big fly. And they went up and look, LSU is talented enough to go on there and play. I mean, strange thing. Look at the Ole Miss game. It's going to take something crazy like that for Alabama to lose. And we've seen that over the last four years. Yeah, yeah Alabama will have to beat themselves. It takes but, crazy things you know. to happen. Uh, Texas A&M went in there and beat them. Uh, Auburn's beat them on the kick six. Clemson's beat them. I mean, yeah, Mississippi's like beat them two years in a row. So, yeah, that could happen. If LSU does beat them and Alabama wins out, they're in the national championship game. There's they, no if, way if they win. Yeah, if they Jamie, win Georgia, there yeah. is no way the winner of the SEC championship game is not going. Is not going. 
Yeah. Uh, there's just no way. Yeah. I mean, whether that's just, uh, let me rephrase that. Let's just say Georgia has two losses. Florida beats Georgia and somebody else beats Georgia. Georgia wins the SEC title game over Alabama. Does Georgia go? A two-loss Georgia team go to the Final Four? I don't think so. I don't think so. Well, obviously what's helping Georgia right now is obviously right now that win over Notre Dame. And Notre Dame needs to keep winning. Georgia wants yeah. Notre Dame to keep they, Georgia and Notre Dame, Georgia wants to fight Notre Dame for that spot. Well, here, here's how it shapes up here uh, the last four or five games of the year. For Georgia, again, you got the Florida this week, South Carolina at home, at Auburn, Kentucky at home, at Georgia Tech. Pretty – Georgia Tech's capable. Charlie uh, and, and Chris. And I, I love the enthusiasm. I really do. Uh, if LSU wins out, they'd be in the SEC title game. Does Alabama still get in? No. The short answer to that. Chris says, hey, if LSU wins out, they represent the West, not Alabama. If LSU wins the SEC title game, do they get in? <sighs> Boy, I tell you, it, I think it would depend. I think they would take a lot more teams. I think it would open it up. Be like the West Virginia thing. Uh, I think Penn State, if, yeah, if, if, I, could it not happen? Could it happen? Sure. Uh, a lot of it depends. A lot of things depend on, you know, don't forget now they lost to Troy. How Troy and Syracuse finish will play a role. Would Troy help BYU, them out by beating Clemson? BYU's no help. Chattanooga's no help. Mississippi State's not really a help. Although you got throttled by Mississippi you got, State. And you got throttled. So, uh, you know, you kind of won by, you know, let's be honest, a missed extra point at Florida. Uh, Auburn kind of beat themselves. The Auburn, look, the Auburn win helps you. That's a legitimate top ten team yeah. that you beat. Fair and, enough. And Auburn's capable of, you know, they're capable. Uh, they're uh, they're off this week, but they've got A and M, Georgia, ULM, and Alabama, and so you know that's no gimmies there. But I think they've got uh, three of those four at home. I just don't think they're so, putting two. I don't think they're putting two SEC teams in if they no, can all help. It. If they can help it, they won't. Uh, now let's look look at this. Let's just say that Penn State loses this weekend, Jamie, mm-hmm. to Ohio State. They finish the season with one loss, and Penn State is out of the Big Ten championship game. You have a one-loss Penn State team right. that lost to Ohio State. Ohio State goes on and, and throttles Wisconsin. Is there a scenario in which they take a one-loss Penn State team over a lot of other people? Yes, and there's precedent for it. Here's how. When we had the national championship game several years ago, LSU won the regular season SEC uh, West Championship. LSU won the SEC championship game and played Alabama, who had the week off in the national title game, and got housed. So there is a precedent set for a one-loss team to jump into that. So how easy would it be for Penn State fans to say, look, Ohio State's in. We lost a close game at Ohio State. We have one loss. Mm-hmm. Why should we not be in the college football playoff? And I think they've got a great argument. Oh, they do. I mean, I think, uh, you know, you've got Penn State – Left with uh, after Ohio State, you've got at Michigan State, which win. is probably a win. Rutgers at home, <laughs> Nebraska at home, <laughs> and at Maryland. So, you think LSU or what? Alabama would trade schedules up? <laughs> what's working against Penn State? Arkansas's going, give me Rutgers. What time? And this is why so many people are picking Ohio State. Is their, their schedule has not been as tough, uh, you know. But again, I, I'm with you. I don't think in any way, shape, or form. 
the committee wants two SEC teams in that final. They want, and believe it or not, this is so. This goes so against the grain of conference realignment. But I think in the playoffs they want geographical balance. You know, there's one team we didn't mention that I think is going to be a factor, and that's USC. Um, USC, if they continue winning, well, after they that, would love to see USC. USC. Uh, all right, you, let's let's talk about. And I, I'm believe it or not, I'm a kind of a bull for USC. Well, we got about two and a half minutes here. They they absolutely squirreled one out against Utah. They lost at California. No, I'm sorry, at Washington State, who is okay. They barely beat Texas. They got skull drugged at Notre Dame, and I think they're going to lose at least one of their next four at Arizona State, Arizona, Colorado, and UCLA. Yeah, USC is, is, I would say, they're not ready for prime time. Uh, In fact, I think they're going to lose maybe two of those remaining four. So, you know, they're kind of, you know, now, you know, Miami, again, that's a feel-good story right now. Mark Rick re-emerging in his alma mater. Uh, they're Bon Jovi, Jamie. They're living on a prayer. Yeah, they are because they got, they've still got Virginia Tech and Notre Dame ahead of them, uh, Virginia and Pittsburgh, and they have been uh, very fortunate to be undefeated right now. And uh, But I like, you know, hey, you know, I think uh, what Mark Rick last year I think went, uh, I think he went nine and four. Yeah. So good for you know, and that's what you can expect. I mean, Miami's never going to be the Miami of the past, but I think they can start to be a, a, a bit of more of a national player than they have been. And then again, it's it's chaos. Uh, again, thanks for your top uh, four, everybody. And uh, I think Notre Dame, unfortunately, they're looming on it. Somebody please beat Notre Dame, and don't just beat them, just skull drug them. And then uh, that will take care of them and shut that alumni group up, who everybody hates. Uh, I think it's you know they those people need. I can't handle. I'm sorry, Mark Kramer. I just and he feels the same way about Brian Kelly. I just can't have Mr. Congeniality in the playoffs. And uh, I think a lot of people share that sentiment. Maybe I could be wrong, but that's someone I don't want to invite to Thanksgiving dinner is Brian Kelly. but then again, you don't invite me to your Thanksgiving dinner. Oh, I may invite you this time, Jim. Well, you know. As long as you bring food. You want me to bring dog biscuits for blue? That's uh, I'm hoping right. blue's around for this. All right, so are we going to, uh, are we going to wrap it up here? Uh, is that right? Yeah, it's been, been fun. Stay tuned this afternoon. You, are you guys doing uh, a high school sports game day on Thursday night or no? Game night, yeah. Uh, yeah, five to six. Uh, DJ Dave and myself will be. Uh, it's a long day for me on Fridays. Uh, start at three with the uh, thank it one. Um, Sean, and then uh, he bolts about five, and then Dave and I are left to make sure we don't blow it up for you guys on Saturday. Lots of high school games going on tonight. I'll be at the uh, the St. Fred OCS. That's game. a biggie. Yeah. It's a biggie tonight. Is that at, uh, at OCS? OCS. Yeah. Senior night. Well, I'm going to make you feel good. Uh, they said they moved it because if it rains, it, that uh, kind of turns into a swamp out there. It does. Pretty much a swamp. No turf field, so yeah. OCS is a swamp. Basically, right? It was built in a swamp, I understand. Yeah, I think so. Okay, uh, well, anyway, be good football tonight. Good football tonight. Go check yeah. that out. At any rate, uh, thanks to our sponsors. They watch the Valley Federal.